This is the Space Shot, Episode 3, for May 17th, 2017. Weather Satellites and Amateur Rockets. On May 17th, 1974, the first synchronous meteorological satellite, or SMS-1, was launched on a Delta 2000 series rocket. The SMS-1 and SMS-2 satellites were the first purpose-built geostationary weather satellites that were launched. Before I talk about the SMS satellite, I want to cover two different types of orbits that are most commonly used for weather satellites. The first is a polar orbit, which allows a satellite to cover the entire surface of the planet over a course of a 24-hour period. Usually these orbits are sun-synchronous, meaning that the satellite is always looking at a part of the Earth that is lit by the sun. The other one is a geostationary orbit, which is what the SMS satellites used, and that's where a satellite stays over a fixed location on the ground. Um, communication satellites like DirecTV use geostationary orbits to point to specific they basically just have a beam that covers a particular geographic region and that fixed orbit that they have in the sky relative to earth allows the satellite dishes that are on your house to stay stationary they don't have to track the satellite which would be kind of tricky for a little little dish like that there are pros and cons to each type of orbit and that's why both are in use depending on the mission requirements of the satellite so Back to the SMS satellites and weather satellites in general. Weather satellites that are in a geostationary orbit allow for 24 hours a day coverage over that particular spot on Earth. Satellites in these orbits um, see the exact same part of um, the ground during the day and the night, which allows for continuous tracking of storms, fires, precipitation, pretty much anything. The SMS-1 satellite had five instruments that ran various experiments, from the visible wavelengths to X-ray wavelengths. Um, the energetic particle monitor, which was on the SMS satellite, um, as best as I can tell from the information that was available on NASA's historical mission websites, um, studied the heliosphere. So you might ask, what is the heliosphere? Well, it's basically a giant bubble that's produced by the solar wind from the sun. And right now, the only spacecraft that has exited the heliosphere is Voyager 1, so we still have very limited amount of data on the exact structure of the heliosphere. Um, exactly how far it goes out. It's all pretty rough uh, estimates right now. On SMS-1 there's also a solar x-ray monitor and as its name implies it studied the sun in the x-ray bands of the EM spectrum. There was also a magnetic field monitor which studied Earth's magnetic field and how different particles interacted with it. The final instrument on the um, spacecraft was a data system that tied everything together and was able to store and transmit data that was collected by the satellite. Having continuous satellite coverage of Earth's surface for weather tracking and climate data is really critical for everything from climate research to weather prediction. Um, accurate data for short-term short forecasts and gathering more data for long-term models will help businesses and scientists now and in the future um, as these models and technologies evolve. The SMS satellite series was followed up by a new program in 1975. The GOES, or Geostationary Operational Environmental Satellite Program, and that program has been running continuously since the launch, um, that first launch in October of 1975. The latest satellite of the GOES series was GOES-16, and that was launched in November 2016 on a United Launch Alliance Atlas V rocket. Um, when I was watching the live stream for that launch, it was kind of funny to hear the go-no-go for launch for the GOES satellite. There was lots of GOES. Um, I'll link to that video in the show notes. As of January 2017, the next GOES satellite was undergoing testing at a Lockheed Martin facility in Littleton, Colorado. Um, and that'll be launched here soon. 
One final note for today, which is pretty cool. In 2004, a team of civilians launched the first amateur rocket into space. Here's another Go word today. The Go Fast rocket reached a top speed of 3,420 miles per hour in 10 seconds and attained an altitude of 72 miles. So the official boundary of where space starts is at 62 miles up, so 100 kilometers. Um, and that rocket was able to do 72, so it definitely made it into space. But the fact that it went from 0 to 3,400 miles an hour in 10 seconds, that's pretty dang quick. The rocket was developed by the Civilian Space Exploration Team, also known as CSXT, and they are a team of civilians that have worked together to launch amateur rockets into space since 1995. Tomorrow I'm going to be talking about the launch of Apollo 10, which is basically the dress rehearsal for Apollo 11 and the moon landing. I'm also going to be exploring the history of satellites designed specifically to monitor Earth for nuclear explosions, um, since tomorrow is the anniversary of when India detonated their first nuclear weapon, which should be interesting to cover. Thanks for checking out the space shot. It would be fantastic if you could leave a review wherever you watch this show, whether it's YouTube, through iTunes, wherever it's at. Um, share this video on Facebook, Insta, Twitter, wherever you connect with friends and family. I'd really appreciate it. I'm John Molnix, and I'll catch you on the flip side.